All right. Well, you notice I have the, the handheld mic today. That always means that somebody else is going to be speaking and you're going to be so blessed today. You know, a number of months ago, uh, I was going to be gone and, and I asked Brian Honerbrink to minister and uh, he spoke on uh, freak mode, on freak mode. And it was so good as I was listening to it that uh, later that day, because I actually was speaking up at uh, Grandy at the church in Grandy that day. As I'm driving along, I thought, wow, that was a great first installment. And uh, so I uh, texted him that afternoon and said, hey, that was a great first installment. And he said, you mean the only installment uh, that was going to come? And so about a month and a half ago, we were talking, and he goes, I think there is another installment. And I said, oh, I knew there was another installment. Just, you know, take some people longer to hear the voice of God than others. But, uh, you know, we just, keep, we just keep walking in patience and love with people, you know. But so I want to welcome Brian Honerbrink to come and minister to us this morning, and uh, you're going to be blessed. Amen. So, yes, this is Freak Mode Part 2. <laughs> Grudgingly, it's what God wants me to do. Um, and... All right. A little background music. Um, so what I, I, I do need to give a little review of Freak Mode Part 1, um, just to get everybody thinking in the same vein. Um, if you remember, uh, in Part 1, I talked about how during, uh, during a family vacation, we were driving on the freeway on the way to the East Coast, listening to Skillet, and specifically listening to a song called uh, Welcome to the Freak Show. So listening to that song, God spoke to me and showed me that we're supposed to be freaks. As Christians, we are supposed to be freaks. We're not supposed to be normal. And Webster defines freak as a very unusual and unexpected event or situation, abnormal, rare. As Christians, we are absolutely not supposed to live average, normal lives, okay? Why? <laughs> if you're born again, spirit-filled, you have God in you. God is in you right now. It's because of him being inside of us that we should be living different lives. Okay? We are not only human. We are not only human. We have God inside of us. And because of that, we should be living and doing the things that Jesus did. We should be living like him and doing the things that he did. Okay? He even said so. Look at John 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, who believes in Jesus here? Amen. Hello, come on, hello. All right, that's better. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. And then Paul said in Ephesians 4, 
Uh, this is the New Living Translation. This will continue until we all come to the unity, to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Okay? One of the, one of the things that I talked about was when we read the stories of what Jesus did when he was on the earth, I specifically talked about the woman with the issue of blood um, and Jairus, that story, where um, I know for me, and I'm sure a lot of you, when we, when we go through that story, we see ourselves as Jairus. We see ourselves as the woman with the issue of blood going to Jesus for help, for something, help us with something. And God has shown me that when we... R- read those stories. We need to see ourselves as Jesus. We need to see ourselves like Jesus. We have something to offer because God is in us. Okay? How can that be? How can we do the things that Jesus did? It's because when we're born again, our spirit is reborn and it is perfect. Our spirit is perfect. It's holy, it's pure. Okay? If we were standing next to Jesus in front of God, we would look identical. We look just like, in the spirit, we look just like Jesus. Okay? In 1 John 4, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment Because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we. So are we, not will we be. So are we in this world now. We can do the things that Jesus did because our spirit is perfect. Our spirit is never gonna change. When you're born again, how your spirit became, what your spirit became will not change throughout eternity. It doesn't need to inc- improve. It doesn't need to get better. It's perfect. It's, it's as good as it needs to be, as good as it ever will be. Okay? So then the next question is, why don't we do it? Why don't we live that way on a regular basis? It's because, unfortunately, we're a three-part being, okay? You are a spirit. That's, that's how God sees you, identifies you. You are a spirit. Your eternal being is a spirit, okay? But we also have a soul. We have our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in this earth suit. This is what just gives us authority while we're on the earth, gives us the right to live here, Okay? So when we're born again, our spirit is reborn, unfortunately. It would be nice if our mind was reborn also, our soul was reborn also, but it's not. So it needs to be renewed to the word of God. Right? It needs to be renewed to the word of God. So... the essence of what God showed me about freak mode is 
we need to allow our spirit man out. We need to, we unfortunately limit what God can do in our lives. How we see ourselves, we're, if we're looking from, if we're looking at what we see in the mirror, our flesh, we see the wrinkles, we see the zits, we see, the, we see our weaknesses, we see our problems, we see our troubles, we see the issues. And then we wonder how in the world we can how, lay hands on the sick, see them recover, cast out demons, raise the dead. How can, how can me, with all of my issues and all the bad things I've done in the past, how can I do that? Okay? I talked about there's... When, when you're thinking that way, you're inwardly focused, right? If you're, if you're concerned about your stuff, your issues, your needs, your weaknesses, your failings, you're inwardly focused, and you're no good to anybody, unfortunately. But we need to instead see who we are from the inside out. That's why being in the word is so important. Because in the word, God shows us who we are. Okay? When we're, when we're focused on God and not on our problems, when we're focused on his power, not our problems, okay, we can start to be outwardly focused. We need to get to the point where we're so convinced God is taking care of us. He's, his promises are so good that we don't have to worry about anything. Our problems are taken care of, our issues are taken care of, our needs are taken care of. We don't need to be concerned about them. We don't need to worry, we don't need to be anxious, we don't need to fear. And then that can allow us to look to other people, to be outwardly focused, okay? All right, so that's review. Um, about, about, I, I think it was a little bit before we took that trip uh, to the East Coast where God showed me about uh, freak mode. Um, actually, it was, it was something that a year, a year and a half ago, Pastor John asked me to, to talk about, um, a, 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 not a story, something that happened to me. Um, he wanted me to talk about it, and unfortunately, I didn't get all the way through it. I just talked about the first half of it, didn't talk about the second half of it, and that's really what he wanted me to get to, so I'm gonna get to it now. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I don't know exactly, two, three years ago, four years ago, um, one of our neighbor's infant child's, I think, son died? Son, daughter, son? Son died. Um, and it, it must have been late in the week because I think it was Saturday morning I was having my regular prayer time I was thinking about it and then just thinking to myself okay I've been confessing that I will lay hands on the sick see them recover cast out demons raise the dead why why not why can't I why should the devil win why, 
why, sh- you know, when? when? When am I going to stand out and, and do something about it? So I started thinking about it, meditating on it, just confessing, yes, I've got, like I've been saying, I've got God in me. I've got God in me. His, his raising from the dead power. In our spirit, we have, through the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So I started confessing, enemy is defeated. The enemy is defeated. Death has been defeated. Death has been defeated. Why not? Why not? So I got, I got pretty stirred up about it, and I, and I, I thought, let's, and I, the, probably the main thing that I, that I did is I started seeing myself able to do it. I started thinking about it, visualizing it, and seeing myself do it. So I thought, okay, God, let's go. What, what do we, what do we, how do you want me to do this? What do we need to do? So I just got quiet. And heard him tell me, you're not ready. And I said, no, I'm, I, I'm stirred up, man. I'm, I, I, I need to attack something. I need to get after something. I need to lay hands on something. So I must have heard you wrong. So I got quiet again. And he again told me, you're not ready. And then he showed me it wasn't, and I may or may, not, may or may not have been ready to raise this infant boy from the dead. He showed me I wasn't ready and we're not ready for the aftermath. And let me, let me show you what I mean. Um, shortly, shortly after that, I knew, I kind of had a sense for what he was talking about, but I asked him, show me, show me, give me an example in the scripture. Show me, show me what you're, you're talking about. And can you guys pull up scripture? Is that Avi? Um, Mark 1. So this has become <laughs> this has become a confession of mine. When I read through it, I insert my name for Jesus. Okay, I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to mix it up a little bit. So, Mark one verse, starting at verse twenty-one. Um, this is the start of the ministry of Jesus. He just finished calling all the disciples. Okay, and this this is literally the start of. Granted, they don't, um, they don't. He doesn't have the wedding of Canaan, but in Mark, this is the start of the ministry. Okay. All right. So, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna mix this up a little bit. Verse 21, and they went into Lake Elmo, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the church and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. What's a modern day example or version of the scribe? I don't know what to insert there. And immediately there was in their church a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, 
What have you to do with, to do with us, Chris Swanson of Hudson? <laughs> Jim Hoffman of, where's Jim? Oh, he left. Oakdale. Jim Hoffman of Oakdale. Jeff Cargill of Stillwater. Why not? Why can't we insert our name there? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. I don't know if we could say the Holy One of God, but a Holy One of God. Chris is a Holy One of God. Jim, Jeff, you are all a Holy One of God. But Chris rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once, his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of the St. Croix River Valley. And immediately, he left the church and entered the house of Dennis and Kathy DeMar (laughs) with Pastor John. You guys, you still have a mother, right? Okay, good. Now, Dennis's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told them about her. And they came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Okay, this next part is the aftermath. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or were pressed by demons. And the whole city, the whole city was gathered together at the door. And they healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And they would not permit the demons to speak because they knew them. Okay. People, that is living in freak mode, man. That is it. That is, that's it. Signs, wonders, that is it. Now, what, okay, getting back to what God was speaking to me about, um, because this is, people, this is what God wants to do with us. He wants to do this through us, through this church. But we're not ready. And I admit, I'm, I wasn't ready. I'm not, I'm not ready. I mean, God, I believe what God was speaking to me is that this isn't some, this isn't supposed to be some side activity, right? We're not supposed to dabble in this. It's supposed to be a lifestyle. 
I, when he showed it to me, I saw people, when he revealed to me initially that I wasn't ready, what he was showing me is that people are going to be coming to our house all hours of the day, all hours of the night. They're going to stop us in the street, stop us in the stores, stop us in the hallway at, at work. They're going to, and people are going to ask, are you one of those that healed my neighbor? Are you, are you one, of, one of those ones that healed um, the guy in shipping his, his daughter from the dead? Are, are you that, are you one of those people? Can you pray for me? Can you help me? It, th- that's what is going to happen. Granted, I believe we're not all gonna become evangelists and ministers and spend all day doing stuff like that. We're still gonna have jobs. We're still, we're gonna have families still. We're gonna have activities, kids' activities. We got stuff that we have to do, we have to get done. But through it all, the miraculous is gonna be happening. We, <laughs> how we're not ready is I'm not, I'm not ready to have that much of my life consumed. I'll be honest with you. I'm not. But I'm warming up to it. And in particular with what has been happening to this country in the last 10 months and in particular the last two months. Um, I, I saw a, a series that Andrew Womack did right after the election. Um, it's uh, called, what do, what, do you do, what do We Do Now? What do we do now? And he basically said, church, this is our fault. We have sat by and allowed the foundation, the biblical foundation of our country to be dismantled brick by brick. We, we've, we've allowed it to happen. And we need to do something about it. And what he said was, we need to, we need to show people Jesus. We need it. The only thing that's going to help at this point is God. I mean, if you've got the, the person that most of, how can I say this? The, the person whose techniques, theories, methods are being used in our country right now, that, that guy, he openly revered Lucifer. I'm not gonna, I don't know if you know, I'm not gonna say who it is, I'm not gonna go there, but um, the, what's going on in, in our country is so, is so dark, the only answer is God. The only answer is God. And God isn't going to come down and make anything happen. He's already done everything that he's gonna do. He's waiting for us to do something about it. We, in, 
And it's not just, I guess what I see is it's not just us preaching, it's us living. It's us, people seeing Jesus in us, not, even without us saying anything. And he showed me, he, God reminded me about this story. So this is a book um, of John G. Lake's sermons. Whoops. I lost my spot. Oh, here it is. Okay, so this is the sermon, Spiritual Hunger. And it's a story about a guy. This is when he had his ministry uh, in South Africa. So it's about a guy named Dan Von Vuren. So he had friends, I think relatives, in Johannesburg that were a witness to what was going on in John G. Lake's ministry and mailed it to this Dan Von Vuren. So Dan Von Vuren took the letter, crawled under an African thorn tree. He spread the letter out before God and began to discuss it with the Lord. He said, God in heaven, if you could come to Mr. So-and-so, a drunkard, and deliver him from his sin and save his soul and put the joy of God in him, if you could come to this niece of mine, save her soul and heal her body, and send her out to be a blessing instead of a weight and burden upon her friends, if you could come to so-and-so and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, Lord, if you can do these things at Johannesburg, you can do something for me too. And he knelt down, put his face to the ground and cried to God that God would do something for him. And don't forget it, friends, I have a conviction that that morning Dan Von Vuren was so stirred by the reading of that letter that his desire to be made whole got bigger than anything else in his consciousness. His heart reached for God and blessed God. That morning his prayer went through to heaven and God came down into his life. He became so convinced of the power and goodness of God, he reached out by faith and just took it. In 10 minutes, he took all the breath he wanted. The pain was gone, the tuberculosis had disappeared. He was a whole man. But that was not all. He not only received a great physical healing, but God had literally come in and taken possession of the man's life until he did not understand himself anymore. In telling me, he said, brother, a new life from heaven was born in my spirit. I had prayed for my wife's salvation for 18 years, but I never could pray through. But that morning I prayed through. It was all done when I got to the house. She stood and looked at me for two minutes until it dawned on her that I was gloriously healed of God. She never answered, she never asked a question as to how it took place, but fell on her knees, threw her hands up to heaven and said, pray for me, Dan, for God's sake, pray for me. I must find God today. And God came to that soul. He had 11 children, splendid young folks. The mother and he went to praying and inside of a week, the whole household of 13 had been baptized in the Holy Ghost. He went to his brother's farm, told the wonder of what God had done prayed through and in a little while, 19 families were baptized in the Holy Ghost. This is where I wanna go. God so filled his life with his glory that one morning God said to him, go to Pretoria. I'm going to send you to the different members of parliament. He was admitted into the presence of Premier Louis Botha. Botha told me about it afterwards. He said, Lake, 
I had known Von Vieren from the time he was a boy. I had known him as a reckless, rollicking fellow. But that man came into my office and stood 10 feet from my desk. I looked up and before he commenced to speak, I began to shake and rattle on my chair. I knelt down, I had to put my head under the desk and cry to God why he looked like God. He talked like God. He had the majesty of God. He was superhumanly wonderful. He was allowing God out. Then he went to the office of the Secretary of State, then to the Secretary of the Treasury. Almost the same thing took place in every instance. For 18 days, God kept him going from this one to that one, lawyers, judges, and officials in the land, until every high official in the land knew there was a God and a Christ and a Savior and a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why not now? Why not? We have the same God. We have the same salvation, the same Holy Spirit in us. Why not? <laughs> There's no reason. There's no reason but us. We, we unfortunately limit God. We limit what he can do in our lives. And... <clears throat> Um, I've got a little more, but maybe that'll be part three. <laughs> um, because there's a reason why God wanted me to, to give this part two. Um, <laughs> he wants us to restart men's group. Um, God's been speaking to me, well, I won't tell, tell you how many years, but he's been speaking to me for a long time about starting this. And I go back and forth about where, whether I've just flat out missed it and been disobedient for <laughs> too many years. I choose to believe that God has been preparing me <laughs> um, and preparing us. Um, and probably the main thing is when he first told me, I just thought, I don't have anything. I mean, why would anybody come listen to me or follow me or do anything that I'm thinking? I don't have the answers. I, I, and I still don't have the answers, but I know who does. And I believe he wants us to restart men's group. And we're going to call it Unleash the Freak. Because the focus is going to be getting ourselves out of the way so God can work through us. We need to get out of the way. We need to, and that may, 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 may or may not have mentioned it, but that, that really is what God is showing me is the essence of freak mode, is letting him work in our lives. Letting him Use us 
we're his hands, feet, his mouthpiece. We just need to get out of the way. Unfortunately, we, we limit him, and that's, like I said, that's what, that, what need, that is what needs to be dealt with because there is more potential. There, there is enough potential in this room right now not only to change the country, but change the world. I mean, look what 11, well, it was initially 12, it became 11 guys did after Jesus was gone. God has an amazing plan for every one of us. I know I'm not living up to it, but I purpose to. I really, I purpose to. And I know that his plan is beyond my natural ability. Me doing this is not, I mean, that's, this is, me doing this is the, for me, the first example of God doing something in me that I can't do on my own. He's got an amazing plan for each and every one of us. He, he, he wants to change, I mean, 24 churches, that's just a start, man. We're gonna, uh, we will, not gonna, we're, we will change the world. Okay? I think I'll be, and I don't know, I suppose we'll start next month. Sure. Something like that. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about that one, but soon. All right, and I'm just being, I, I'm just being obedient. That's all. That's all I can do. Okay, I'm done. Wow. Well, praise God, Brian. Um, I'm in. And thank you, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of other guys here as well that, that are just raring to go, and uh, thank you for that awesome message. It, you know, God is powerful, and, and he wants to use us, because that is one of his purposes for us. All right, I'm just going to take a few minutes and speak a little bit over, over the offering. My scripture for today is 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It's, it's a popular one for me. It says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So as I was praying and asking, well, what do I teach? Well, for a few minutes on, on offering, there's so many opportunities, but a lot of them I've already presented. And God brought to mind a prison ministry trip from about 15 or 20 years ago. And I'm praying, and I'm thinking, really? No, you know, that, that doesn't seem to really fit. And, and God kind of interrupted my thoughts and said, well, whose gig is this? So I'm going to uh, give a, a few-minute recap of a particular prison ministry trip that we took to Bismarck, North Dakota, a number of us. With, with the understanding, everything is a seed, 
and we sow seed on purpose, right? And so when, uh, we had a prison ministry team a number of years ago, and the leader uh, would take us into wonderful places like North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, etc. But we had a particular opportunity to go into Bismarck, North Dakota for the North Dakota State Penitentiary. And so a number of us got together and, and decided we could go and uh, put in for some time off to, you know, buffer the time around the weekend. And I was talking to one of my uh, co-workers at the time, saying, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to Bismarck, North Dakota this weekend. Looks at me and he says, really? On purpose? <laughs> and, and so that's the word that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for today or I'm going to present. Yes, we went on purpose. Um, if you've ever gone to Bismarck, you know that you leave the Twin Cities, you go to St. Cloud, you hang a left, you get to Moorhead, you hang another left, it's the same road, right? And usually after you leave Moorhead or Fargo, you can tie your knee to the steering wheel and just take a nap, right? Because the car will lead you there. Well, on this particular April weekend, there was a, a snowstorm blizzard coming through the area. So uh, we, you know, when you get to St. Cloud, you're fine, you know, but once you get out there in the, in the wide open, it's, it's pretty much wide open. And so once we got to Fargo, the roads were really bad and, and icy, and, and there were about seven of us in the church van, because we would take the van because we didn't want to roll our own cars, right? And so, uh, as we're on 94 and we're heading and it's really blustery, those of you who've driven 94 in North Dakota will know that there are drainage ponds along the side of the, the roads, um, but they call them potholes. And so as we were passing a number of the potholes, it was so windy and blustery that they had white caps on these things. You know, they're just a few acres, but, you know, it was really, really windy, so the, the water was really stirred up. So we kind of took that as a challenge for the weekend, that there would be no real potholes in our opportunity. So we get to, we check into the hotel, and I'll, a little bit more on that later, but, you know, I'm a little leery of any establishment that prefaces their name with budget. You know, the adjective budget hotel, that didn't really appeal. It was true to its name. Um, so we get to the state penitentiary outside of Bismarck. You know, they located it in a perfect place because who would ever escape, where would they go? So we get in there and security is tight as it is in all state penitentiaries. And we had a couple of young people with us who had just graduated high school, so they were 18, so they could come and minister with us. I don't see Dennis Lemire here today, but Denny Jr., I don't know if you guys remember Denny Jr., he, was, he came with us anyway. Uh, so we get to the security, all the rest of us go through, not a problem, you know, you take all your stuff out, you put it in the locker. Well, Denny goes through, he goes, beep. Okay, one time's not a problem, right? Goes through the second time. Beep. 
Well, by the third time that it beeped, you know, you have to remember we, on the way up there, may have told some stories about, you know, possibility for full body cavity searches and, and those kinds of things. So, you know, Denny, Denny's getting a little nervous. And all the rest of us are, you know, and the guards are not thinking that this is really funny or anything. So the fourth time it goes through and it's a beep, well, they bring out the wand, okay, which is good. And they wand him and, and in his back pocket, he had forgot that he had a jar of Carmex with the metal lid, right? So the North Dakota State Penitentiary is, was, at that time, may still be, the only penitentiary in the U.S. that had a majority Native American population. So we capitalized on that and we gave Denny a Native American name for the weekend of he whose butt beeps, right? And so he, he got that, that moniker for, for the weekend, whether he liked it or not, right? So anyway, we got through there, and what we would do in prison ministry is Friday nights there'd be a service for those who wanted to come, plan of salvation, deliverance, healing, etc. So we get in there, and God showed up big time. You know, we had a number of salvations, number of people who were delivered from whatever. And the next day, we would teach on anger management and how to forgive yourself, right? So many people who are incarcerated have a real hard problem with forgiving themselves and managing anger. Well, in the meantime, we had to leave and come back. Well, Bob, our leader at the time, had preached and had made a statement that apparently didn't sit well with the chaplain. He said, praise God I haven't sinned today. Well, we end up in the room afterwards and the chaplain's gone. He was supposed to escort us out of the prison for the night. So we're sitting there, well, what do we do, what do we do? About a half hour later, we decide, well, we're going to try and find the guard station as a group. But we're going to walk down the aisle going, we're here, we're here, we're here, please don't shoot. And so we, we, we get there and the guards let us out. They're kind of like, well, where's your escort? Excellent question. So... We managed to find a place to eat that night. Actually, it was pretty good. And we're like, well, what are we going to do next? It's early. We had a couple of young guys. It's, it's early. So one of us had the wonderful idea that, you know what? If you go a little farther west on I-94 between Bismarck and Mandan, the time zone boundary happens, right? And at that time, our phones were not all that smart. They were not so smartphones, but they could keep time, right? So we drive west, everyone's waiting for their phone to jump ahead. Oh, that's cool. We went forward in time. Turn around, the next exit, come back to Bismarck. Wow, we're going back in time. So that entertained us for about three or four iterations, right? And then we're like, okay. (laughs) We were easy, right? So then we decided we needed to go back to the budget motel. Well, this motel, the parking lot looked like it had been practice for the air guard bombing. So we tried to find a place to park. We found a place to park. And as you walk in, one wing, loosely termed, 
uh, was going under renovation. So the roof had been torn off. There was black plastic and tires on top to keep it from the elements. Well, our rooms look like they should have been renovated years ago. So we get in there and those were the kind of rooms that you probably should have kept your shoes on. You wanted your slippers on whenever your feet were gonna touch the ground and probably in the shower as well. <laughs> so we, we suffered through that, checked out the next day and had small groups on Saturday and God really worked. These people were so hungry for the word, lives were changed that day. So what does this story have to do about offering? Right? Glad you asked. <laughs> Everything is a seed, right? Many times God will lead us to give spontaneously to something that's come up. But most of the time, he wants us to give on purpose. He wants us to give of our time, our talents, our abilities, and yes, our finances. But many times the finances are the smallest part of that. So for me, the purpose, you know, Brian talked a lot about it. What is our purpose? You know, if God is going to work through us, what is our purpose? Amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to give. And there are various ways to give. You can give at the box in the back. There's offering envelopes and pens back there. You can give online through PayPal at rvcc.info slash donate. You can bring it into the office. You can mail it into the church office. So Father, we do thank you that we have the opportunity. You've given us the ability to produce wealth. And Father, we thank you that when we plant seeds, the harvest is greater than the seeds that were planted. And we, Father, we ask your blessing on each giver and on each gift. In Jesus' name. Amen.